It's only natural. It's only natural to let your your thing air out. It it uh it invigorates you. <laughs> <laughs> what if we started the podcast with that? You know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. What's going on, everyone? Welcome, Defton. How's it going, dude? Back from back from the dead. <laughs> Back from the dead, back from university, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. What's up? So, um, what, 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 what would I say? Would I say, I wouldn't say Warframe YouTuber anymore. That's that, that's been too long. Your fellow Tenno Defton. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say I'd that's say YouTuber, funny. designer, um, um, music creator. Um, I am a person person doing many person, many creative things a person that does a lot of creative things yeah uh make music uh i am a programmer by trade or mm -hmm. you know a computer scientist by trade i mostly focus on web design um i am a youtuber and twitch streamer i am i other things you're everything you're absolutely everything. <laughs> yeah so, so what have you been up to lately um so well obviously with the global situation i've mm. been at home <laughs> um, <laughs> like most of us like like almost everyone but um what i've been doing with my time is uh, so I, I was at university for a long time uh, mm. as you know michelle but other people may not i was at university and uh, that was taking up a ton of my time and because i was a commuter so i would commute to to my campus and it was like always an hour commute there and back mm -hmm. so it would take up a lot of my time and a lot of times I'd be staying there and, you know, working on homework and stuff. So I wasn't really able to focus on my internet personality. So I wasn't able to focus on, you know, my YouTube and Twitch as much, which really was an issue for me. Like I wanted to continue, but um, I just literally couldn't, I didn't have time. But now uh, the only good thing that's come out of this global situation was uh the fact that i have a lot more time now i'm at home i'm able to make videos i'm able to you know go and go live on twitch and uh it's, it's just been an awesome time for me so that's really what i've been up to lately focusing on that so so how is how is your university handling this situation where like everyone is at home right now like are they like replenishing it with online classes are you like, yeah is the year and... like kind of done what kind of what kind of things are going on there so, yeah, the university is focusing on online classes, and it kind of isn't that great, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, it's actually really bad because the one, I think that online classes are a lot more difficult. Um, mm -hmm. And I've whenever I talk to people about this, I say the exact same thing. It is much more difficult than going to in like an actual campus. The reason why is because when you go to a campus, you have like certain things available to you like you're able to go to your professors and actually talk to them um like you know during their office hours or sometimes you could just talk to them when they're not in their office hours or um you know when you're actually in a class environment you are kind of forced to focus on the class in in, in a way and i know some people don't but it's a lot easier to find that focus when you're in that class environment rather than when you're at home and you know, you're you're at a place where you feel comfortable and you don't really want to do any work or you don't really want to do that kind of stuff that you normally would do at school. You know, um, I like a lot of people separate my home life from my school life. So like it's pretty difficult for me to transition to bringing that school life back home. So um, 
and I think that that's what a lot of people are struggling with right now. So my university is doing online school, and it's kind of ridiculous. Um, my professors don't know what they're doing. They because obviously they're not used to online classes, and um, yeah, it's it's just it's just a whole situation. And they closed the university until August. So yeah, actually, that? that that that's that's a really like a really long time. Um, mm -hmm. Most most well, actually, I think they did in our country too. Like, mm -hmm. but mostly they said, "Oh, it's going to be closed until like April." But I think universities knew ahead of time that they're like, "This year's over. We're you're, we're yeah, not going to see you yeah. back. <laughs> Just scrap it." Yeah, <laughs> but Absolutely. it's 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 so it's so it's such a strange thing. Um, on the one hand, like it makes a lot of sense. Like I had to really get used to it when I started doing like YouTube from from home and like didn't really mm -hmm. go out. It's like when you wake up and work in the same room that like you're sleeping. It's right. it's so strange to like focus. Um, whereas like when you actually have to go out and like an hour commute is quite a long time. Like right. you really have to like dedicate yourself to like, you're already dedicating yourself to doing the studies and like right being in a room with the people around you. So like, exactly. Do they still have any like tests or exams or like things you have to hand in, um, yeah. this year? Yeah. They, um, I'm not sure what my professors are going to be doing, uh, in terms of like, you know, exams and finals and stuff like that, because obviously this is very different for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, but every professor I've like I have, they have said that they're going to make it so that it's uh, like their grading is going to be a lot more lenient. So they're going to do a lot of curving and stuff like that just because the environment is is very new and it's very difficult for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of that's kind of the way that it's working right now. You know, yeah, it's 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 such a strange year. Like, when when did you guys when did you guys shut down? Actually, I think three weeks ago, four weeks ago. That's probably I've, dude, I've lost. This... I've lost track of the days. <laughs> it's Me been too. a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's Sunday today, isn't it? Or yeah, I think it yeah, is. yeah, it's, yeah, it's Sunday. Yeah. yeah. At, at this point, all I know is there's three days of the week. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like that. That's literally it. So. Oh man, it's it's so insane because like even even during like holidays or so, like you know like how many how many like weeks you have until like school starts again, or you have people right. doing their jobs and people going out and planning things. Mm -hmm. Like even that, it's not necessarily that everyone's at home. It's like. Mm -hmm. Even like if you're on a holiday or like if, if you have a vacation, people are planning things like you're doing things with right. each other. So like, oh, mm -hmm. let's meet up at this day. But like you don't even have that. Like every day is the exact same. Now, wake up, exactly. turn my computer, look at memes. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I, I honestly with that, that's the reason why I'm trying to um, not not only add variety to my days, but um, have like kind of a loose routine kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not consistently doing the exact same thing every day i'm always doing something a little bit different so so like for example um every time i do a video i do a different topic so there's that that's like one little set of uh, a variety for me but also each one of my streams i do something a little bit different or um you know maybe one day i decide to cook and the other day i decide not to or you know just stuff like that where i, I decide to change things up every single day so it doesn't feel very monotonous it kind of always feels different for me because that's important to me. Like that's something that, um, like me as a person, I realized that's what I want. I want to have something different, um, like something unexpected every day. You know. Mm -hmm. So. So, so yeah. about your videos, like I got to know mm -hmm. you in 2016, 17. 
I, yeah, I, around yeah, there. Around, around that time. And then you were making like Warframe, Tenno Challenges videos where yep. I, Tenno Defton came from. Um, mm -hmm. And lately you've been doing a lot of Division. Like what have you, what have you been up to in the meantime after since, ever since like moving on from Warframe? So um, I moved away from Warframe in early 2019. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I wouldn't say I completely abandoned it. I just kind of put it on the shelf because I, there just wasn't really anything that was that was really in, intriguing to me like there it, it just wasn't holding me anymore and that's like a whole nother conversation but um so i left warframe and after that it was really difficult for me to try and come back to youtube that was also one of the reasons why i wasn't really posting as often because i couldn't find something that i wanted to do i tried a bunch of different things as you could tell from my you know if you look at my channel but um there was a few things that stuck, but there was like a lot of things that didn't. Um, so like, for example, I did uh, some videos on Anthem and one of them actually did really, really well. It got like over 100,000 views and I was like, wow, you know, maybe I can keep on doing this. But um, I, I don't know, like that style of video, it took a lot of time to do. Like that video mm -hmm. took me a long time to do. That took me almost two days to work on. And um, it it just wasn't sustainable for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I kept on looking at different things. I, I was playing different games. I uh, hopped on, you know, some some watchdogs, too. I um, I would do little pieces on that or pieces on watchdogs Legion whenever that comes out. Um, I played a lot of smite. I played a lot of uh, the division two once that came out and I kind of found a new love for that. Um, once this update, the most recent title update eight came out and because um, I picked up the division two once it dropped. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It, it was kind of that, that's kind of where the division two came from. Yeah. Once, so like once the, division two is is basically the world right now, but with mm. more guns involved. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of the ongoing joke right now. The division two, like on Reddit, there was a lot of people making jokes about agents were activated now because <laughs> because of the global situation. But uh, yeah, the mods didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like like the, the the first one was set in New York. The second one mm -hmm. was Washington, and then recently yeah. they added the like New York DLC added to the second one. The, the right, Washington. right. They added. Uh, another part of New York that wasn't available in the first game. I think it's uh, Lower Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So, what is what was the thing that like attracts you to Division right now? What's the thing? What's the hot thing about it? Difficulty. <laughs> in my <laughs> oh opinion. boy, didn't Warframe have that? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, there's there's actual difficulty in the game, and it's not just. Uh, like, yes, there are bullet sponges in the game like that. That's an ongoing issue that they're trying to address. But what I found different is that um, in this game, it feels more reactive, I guess. What I mean by that is if you go and fight against the AI, every single AI, like every single faction feels different. That's mm -hmm. one thing. Um, that's one thing that I noticed that not many other looter shooters have. So every faction feels like pretty different from one another. Another thing is that the AI is very reactive to what you do. So um, like if you go behind cover, there are certain factions that are way more aggressive and they'll try and flank you and they'll try and get behind you and they'll, you know, rush you and, you know, stuff like that. 
But then there are certain other factions that play way more defensive and they'll go behind cover and they'll stay there and they'll use um, they'll use more tech to get to you. Like they'll use little drones that, you know, drive over to you or fly over to you and drop bombs and stuff like that. You know, like it, it makes it it makes it so that you have to react to the gameplay a lot more than what I've experienced with other looter shooters such as Warframe. So yeah. that's yeah, that's I, what really attracts me to the game. I agree. It's like it's like I've I've played Division a lot when it came out Division 2 and then like mm. when the update came came around I played it a lot uh, again cuz I kind of dropped in between. Uh but right. like the the open world map where you're like you're you're pretty much walking through what Washington is like or what New York is like as mm -hmm. far as I would imagine I've never been there but like it looks pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah. um just like it's actually very they, accurate. It is, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. It, it's actually very impressive. But yeah, are there, are there are there any places where you've been like, oh shit, I've been there, which aren't uh, like a yeah, general actually, like monument places, but more like like sites. Yeah. Um, I've actually been to DC and to um, obviously New York because I actually live in in Jersey. For people that don't know, so I'm right next to New York. I visit there pretty often. Um, and yeah, there are definitely a lot of places that I recognize. Um like in the game that are pretty accurate to how they look in real life. Uh, and I think that that's on purpose. I think they uh, went around those areas and like actually like scanned them and put them in the game that way. So I think that's how they got their environments to look like that. That's honestly yeah. pretty cool. I, I wonder mm -hmm. how they did it with all the traffic. Like if they did it right now, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. But maybe maybe deficient they free. They're 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 working on it right now. They're scanning they're scanning the entire states. <laughs> maybe the maybe biggest open world yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like what you're saying about like the the the, the enemy AI. Like the, mm. there there's so much to think about within this game when it comes to like you'll it, it it's pretty much a cover game, which is unlike most like live surfers kind of like loader shooter games because they're right, kind of right. like the god power and here like you know you're really gonna have to take your cover or you're gonna get killed and right. like you'll have different enemies that will just like barge in or like throw grenades at you or mm -hmm. like you got to make sure that you know which ones are which and like how you're taking right. them out so what do you focus on right now with your division videos i i saw one which was like division two gets destroyed by bungie what's yeah. going on with that so um there was a situation that happened earlier this week and it was a damage glitch and it was something that was pretty i guess i don't know i don't know how to describe it it, it was it was very polarizing um because the damage glitch basically allowed it was really easy to do and it basically allowed you to get like hundreds of millions of damage right and it was like i said really easy to do so um people decide to exploit it obviously that's you know what happens and the devs were not very vocal about like not doing it they posted something on their forum and they didn't post anything on twitter or they didn't say anything in game or anything like that and i guess people didn't realize like when you exploit a bug that is grounds for getting banned or getting suspended so like i i feel like that's pretty common knowledge but i guess people didn't realize that and so a lot of people got banned, right? And uh, people were very upset. Now, what Bungie said in their recent uh, weekly update, and this was after the whole situation that went down with the Division 2 and the bans and everybody getting upset and this, that, and the other. Um, Bungie said in their weekly update that uh, they, they had like a section about fair play 
and uh you know how they address bans and how they address suspensions and uh this that and the other and they basically mentioned that hey we're trying to walk like a tight line here because we don't want to suspend people who don't deserve it but we also want to address those people who are making the game unfair so like we need to we're trying to be as fair as possible with this right and a lot of people appreciated that and uh the reason why i made that video is because it seemed like the timing was very strange like it seemed like it was very coincidental you know what i mean like mm -hmm. right after the situation that happened with the division two they decide to post that and say that you know it's it seems very odd um it could have obviously been a coincidence and i mentioned that in the video but that's that's kind of why i made the video because i thought it was very very odd coincidence it's a strange thing when it comes to game exploits because like how are you supposed to know that like this thing is really like an exploit and how mm -hmm. many times are you like allowed to try it out or like test or see what confirm it is real or like even right. if they like post on it on the forums like who the heck even like reads forums about a game like yeah i don't even do that for any games i play yeah exactly so but i mean there are some people that are pretty heavy in forums like i mean for example we could just look at the warframe forums right i mean there oh, are a lot of people oh, who oh, decide oh, to go oh. on warframe <laughs> forums so um but i mean what else would they do with their time so, um, yeah. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> certainly not play the game. Um, no, but <laughs> that, that was, that was a joke. That was a joke. I swear. But, I mean, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's kind of true though. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, just a little bit. But, a little um, much. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, uh, there are some people that look at the forums, but obviously the majority of the player base doesn't, right? So mm -hmm. um, I think that that Massive, who are the developers of The Division 2, for people that don't know, um, if Massive Entertainment would have been a little bit more vocal about, hey, like, we're potentially looking at bans, like, we're going to, like, ban people for doing this. Don't do the glitch. Like, stop. Um, if they were a little bit more vocal on that, I think that the backlash would have been a lot less. And people would have been a lot less angry, but because they weren't, it caused like, you know, this whole whirlwind for them where a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not playing the game anymore, this, that, and the other. And it's really difficult to tell whether it's actually a vocal minority or if it's the actual majority. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, well, like, like, like most of the time, these these gamer bans or or like in general, this entire thing of like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna boycott it. We're, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna play it. I'm gonna do it. It's like I have, mm -hmm. I can't seem to recall any single company that ever went under because people decided because to that. collectively boycott it. It never, yeah. it never works. Yeah, I mean, it sort of worked with Anthem, but Anthem was actually a garbage game. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, was that, that kind of? Did, didn't you like? Well, I I think I I played part in that too. Like like wasn't it around the time last year where we were like, uh, oh you know, Anthem is gonna be such a great Anthem's game. Let's just great. like yeah. bank all our content on this, <laughs> and let's Yo. see whether we can start becoming an Anthem channel. And like I remember like buying the pre order last pre order I'll ever buy was Anthem. Yeah, I bought that yeah. one and it just it wasn't good. Yeah, that was uh that was that was the situation. I um I made a video about Anthem and uh. I it, it, that was the anthem video that actually got a lot of views where I was talking about 
like i i think that anthem is actually going to be great um <laughs> obviously that didn't come into fruition <laughs> that that wasn't true um so i mean it, but it is what it is hopefully anthem 2.0 whenever they you know do release that whenever they release that big overhaul the game will actually be good because i am very worried for the looter shooter space right now and um actually i have a video coming out for that later on this week um because as of right now it seems like every single looter shooter that is out has its problems division 2 destiny 2 warframe and obviously anthem um those are like the four big players right now and and, well big players i should say anthem i don't even know if it really is a big player anymore but like those are the main ones that have like i guess notoriety in the space Mm -hmm. right and uh because of that like they're kind of the ones that people look at and uh they're all having some sort of issues right now right the player base is very angry at the division two um the player base of also of of destiny 2 are apparently pretty angry from what people were telling me in my comments um and obviously warframe is i don't even know where that game stands right now um and we all know where anthem is so i something needs to happen i feel that like a lot of these games with the exception of anthem which is kind of like I mean, it came out last year, but, like, it's been mm-hmm. not great. Um, yeah. Like, I feel that a lot of these games have been running for quite some time. And, mm-hmm. like, remember, like, a, like a decade ago, we, we, we'd have to deal with, like, something like a franchise fatigue. Like, you would have games that would have, like, the 14th or 15th entry in the series, and people right. just would not be uh, playing it anymore because, like, why would you pick up a game when, it when like, it's, like, entry number eight and all the, all the other games are on previous platforms? So right. I think that there is like a natural life cycle of series of games. And right right now we're seeing games like these live service space, looter shooter things where like they start off at some point and then they continue like you can continuously build onto it. And like that's a great thing of this new Internet thing where like, yeah. oh, we can add on more content. However, are you really going to start off? right now as a new player in a game of so long ago and like if you have been with a game like that for such a long time like mm-hmm. a lot of these people are just like kind of forcing themselves to continue to play it so yeah i feel like we're we're looking at like a franchise fatigue where because we don't no longer have have the need of sequels because they can just update it in real time yeah we're right. just phasing this time where like people are just like I don't know what to do now anymore. And I'm really curious yeah. as to like where developers will take this because everyone seems to be facing sort of the same problem and no one is doing anything special about it as far as I'm aware. That's that's actually a really good point. Um, I never really thought about that, but I mean, you're totally right. I think that it's with this whole, I, I guess, industry shift to live service games and you know, people just, or the developers just being able to update the game in order to, you know, keep people playing. Um, I think you're right. It, it will, it kind of is causing people to feel a little bit fatigued on, you know, these different franchises because it doesn't really feel like anything substantial, like anything, um, I guess, like completely different is coming out, if that makes sense, because yeah. they're kind of trickling out these updates and, you know, they're little bite sized mm-hmm. pieces of like, I don't know something that could be compiled into a whole new game. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know that. Well, it's, like I, 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 th- I think there are two main issues with that. With like on the one mm-hmm. hand, if you start out a game or if you started some creative process, you don't know how, how well and how successful it's going to be. So you're going to have it planned at the start, but right. that plan isn't going to last for like five to seven years. 
Um, right. You're going to have to add on to that later on. So when you start out with a game, like let's say Warframe or Destiny or Division, like at first mm. you're going to have like a base thing and then something new will come out, well, like a revelation in lore or a brand new system, which no one saw right. coming because mm. you already anticipated that beforehand. And mm. at some point, like you're, you're, you you kind of have done everything. And like with Warframe, like we recently saw this Railjack thing come around, which is like, oh, hey, it's cool, but it's like, it's a second space mechanic. We already had one. So yeah. like, what are you going to do with that? And right. on the other hand, um, like, uh, I also feel that like, it's seven years within, like five to seven years within the game. It's like, how long are people still going to stay invested in like this one piece of media i mean this one right. piece of this one franchise and the entire goal of this live service idea isn't for you to buy the game like it's not right. for people to come around and buy it as it used to be beforehand but right now the goal is to keep people playing and keep i've really playing. i've really been hungering for for like close tough games like outer worlds like um persona like those great mm -hmm. those, those games are great because like you buy them and the entire point of that game is to like give you a satisfying experience they want you to have a great feeling when you play them and complete them but these games right. don't want to give you a satisfying experience they want to, they want you to keep on playing for as long as possible because the longer you play the higher the chance that you pay money and right. therefore their primary goal isn't for you to earn for for you to have, feel satisfied their primary goal is for you to keep playing and thus like you'll always have these things where there is more there is right. more and no matter yeah, how many yeah, hours yeah. you put into it there is always fucking more and yeah. after all i just like i can't handle that anymore <laughs> yeah no I, I completely get that i agree what do you think that they can do in order to make it so that it's more appealing it's part of it is baked into like the live surface thing because mm -hmm. like if you want to have this free-to-play thing but you would like it's going to have to be supported by some way which is most of the time going to be like pay to progress things because pay to win also really sucks so pay to progress is the yeah. lesser of the evils but that does mm. require you to like have this i'm not satisfied like don't you're never satisfied there's always more right right um but i don't know it like it's it, it's probably it's probably similar to like like when 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 your favorite YouTuber subs being your favorite YouTuber because you've kind of like watched most of their stuff and you're like yeah this feels to be a derivative of a derivative and like right. what can you do like are mm. you are you gonna say like hey we're gonna round this thing up uh, and then because we've told this story and then we're gonna move on to it to like a second universe thing are we gonna like cut down what we've like the content that we've already made so that people can like flow into it better but like wouldn't that be cutting down on like the the old game inherently right. if you're going to be saying like oh instead of like going over these planets you're just going to have to like i mean what destiny does where like with destiny you can just like if you join in you get like the first free dlc for free and you can play mm -hmm. through all the story quests in whatever mm -hmm. order you like and you're just being dropped right. off into like the main hub so they kind of mm -hmm. cut up that like story progression because it's like hey we just want a new player to be dropped in the middle and just they can choose whatever they like but they don't have to do like all these years of content but then right. like aren't you sacrificing your game and like sacrificing this thing, which like once was a great game and like just throwing that away. I don't know. Right. You know, I think I think that one way that they could approach it is possibly by separating. Um, so with, with regular games, right, the games in the mm -hmm. past, you would buy it and then it would have like that one section of content and you finish that and then that that would be it or you could replay yeah. it or whatever. But like that's that's your main section of content. 
and then you'd have to wait like a whole nother year or a whole you know another year and a half or whatever for the next game to come out sometimes it's even longer right what i think that these live service games should do is try and build out the games so that they're like that have it so that it's satisfying it makes the people want to you know play it until the end and make it so that it's replayable that's that's fine that's cool too but then for the next year don't worry about posting updates just try and have that core game be good enough to last for a year and then after you work on like a big update for the next year so it's like yearly updates rather than an update every three months or an update every you know every month or whatever right i think that that would help a lot with fatigue or franchise fatigue because those people that don't want to keep on playing the game but they feel like they have to they add, if if they followed that model they wouldn't have to keep on playing the game they would come back to it after a year right mm -hmm. but they won't have to continuously play because they feel like oh i've dumped so many hours into this and there's going to be a new update in like three months i should keep on playing so that i could build up to that or whatever you know what i mean it just yeah. i think that it would help the situation a lot more if they separate the updates uh by more time and make the updates more substantial i think like, what, I, what do you think about that i f i think that there's like a re like it's a really good point for on many fronts because mm -hmm. one thing which we're we're very much seeing with warframe in the last year is that like if you're starting out with something like everything's going to be bigger and better in order to bring out the wow into the audience so like if you've done something right. you do it again like it's no it's no longer special so like these games sort of need they can like give you a little bit and you're wow it's insane oh it's a quest wow mm. it's insane but like mm. the bigger you go the more time you have to spend in it and at a certain mm. point like you're you're gonna phase where like this time there was like a one and a half year gap or two year gap before like the the, up, the big update was released and it was just right it wasn't finished and it wasn't great mm. and it's like yeah. like like at what like like in what interval do you have to release content in order to be like frequent enough for people to like come back and care about your game and on the other hand like how frequent like like how much time do you need to take in order to make it big and wow and like attract a crowd and right maybe a year as we see with like uh fifa and call of duty being like yearly releases for years mm -hmm. maybe like that mm -hmm. is a sweet spot i can definitely uh, agree with that that being said um I do think that, like, yes, it's a really good thing what you say about, like, fatigue players um, mm. because, like, people being said, like, hey, you know, the next thing is going to come out in a year. You can just go away. Just fine. Don't worry about it. Everything will be the same until in a year from now. So don't worry. That would be good right. for these people. Like, I think it's generally more healthy for a lot of people. But mm -hmm. I don't think it's in the best financial interest to these companies because, I don't know, did you hear the story about the Australian uh, guy that spent over 200000 bucks on a mobile game? No. But that is ridiculous. Yeah, he did. I mean, at, at that point, is it's just like like I feel like that's just greed at that point. Well, it's you know it's just I mean? because like it was this game with these gotcha mechanics where like you could pay to like skip times or like get upgrades. And mm -hmm. the reason why like this story broke was because on a game developer conference, this was this was shown of as like a really proud display like of like yeah yeah oh how like how well this game have like made money because like one year just spent over two hundred thousand well, over two hundred thousand dollars that's not something to be proud of in my yeah. opinion i mean yeah that's so so like keeping people around until they're fatigued it's like like yeah it's not good for the people but like how many how many players do you think are within these games that are so 
passionate about the game that they'll stick around even when they're done with it and are still spending money. Like I think it's a big number of people, a big number of the players that are also already spending money that will stick mm-hmm. around. So like I don't know whether there is like incentive for people to like adopt a mechanic like this when they're like looking at the financial side of things. Right. Well, I think that there's still a way for them to do it if they maybe if they focus on like cosmetic updates throughout the year or they you know they they do they have something like small maybe every few months or every half a year or something like that where people can spend money on it but then they are really focusing on that big update at the end of the year you know what i mean so um but i don't know i feel like that'd be pretty difficult for them to map out and to do properly so i don't know yeah it's it's, just an idea it's it's a new time. It's a it's it's a different thing, and like I think we're we're moving into a phase, which is interesting to see what people do. Uh, thankfully, yeah. I'm not in that business. I'm in an entirely different business. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not our job to worry. Um, speaking of things to to kind of worry about, though, um, mm-hmm. you said you're pretty close to New York. What's the what's the situation been the last few weeks? Last week? Last few days? Actually, um, for me, it hasn't really been anything too. It hasn't really been that bad. Um, mm-hmm. For me, obviously, people who know the situation in New York is pretty, pretty dire. Uh, <laughs> they are like only like a few thousand behind Italy. Um, and I think that that's insane. Mm-hmm. But uh, in here in, in Jersey, it's actually really not that bad. Uh, we have a stay at home order, which basically just means that try and stay in your houses whenever you can. Um, but you could go out for essentials and stuff like that. Um, non-essential businesses are shut down, so basically you can't go to malls or anything like that anymore uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, but you could go to food places. Uh, uh, there's a couple of restaurants that allow takeout. Um, you can go and... Uh, I mean, really, that's that's mainly it, <laughs> now that I think about it. Like, <laughs> there's like Walmarts and stuff, you know? But, I mean, that's that's really it. There's not really much else you can do, so kind of just stuck at home. So, like, are you still able to, like, go out for runs or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can still go out for runs. They tell us that we need to uh, put on face masks and stuff like that um, whenever we can, whenever we're going outside, which uh, some people follow, some people don't. (laughs) I do, but um, I see a lot of people that do not for some reason, and I'm... I, it's still very, it's very confusing to me because I feel like it's it's a pretty easy thing to do. It's a pretty simple thing to do. Um, it's such yeah, a weird I mean, time in in the sense of if you look at like the the pictures from the hospitals, if you if you hear the stories about how bad it can be, it is pretty bad. Like yeah. I, I really want to emphasize this. It's no laughing matter. It's not like oh, yeah, it's, it's like the flu every year. Which again, like actually the flu, I didn't know it was so bad. Like it killed so many people. Yeah, the flu is pretty crazy. And um, the only reason why the flu isn't horrible is because it is we have a vaccine for it, right? We have a vaccine. Mm-hmm. We have ways to fight it. But this, we do not. No. <laughs> we do not. Um, so, um, but yeah. It's, it's, it, it's so weird, this, 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 this situation where, like, it's really, really bad, and it really is. But then, like, you wake up in the morning, and, like, the sky's blue, and mm-hmm. people are at home, and, like, there's nothing going on outside as far as you can see. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's quiet. Like, you can go out for a run. Like, 
you see people walking around. It's it's such a weird um, change in situations where like there's this one horrible thing going on where there's like this big war being fought actually against the fibers. And then on the other hand, like your day life is just pretty quiet and you don't actually have to go out anywhere. And it's just like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. There's kind of a, a duality between like the I guess the chaos of, of this situation. And then there's also kind of a piece of being able to be at home and, you know, kind of just be to yourself as long as you're not. I feel like if you're not struggling with money. Because people who are actually struggling with money in this situation, that you know, that it, it must be very difficult. But um, if you are one of the lucky ones who don't have to feel as worried about that, um, and the government is, well, at least in in the United States, are kind of helping with that, then I feel like it's kind of a peaceful time because you get to spend more time with your immediate family if you have immediate family that you're able to stay with. Um, you're able to spend more time on things that you wouldn't have been able to before. Um, you know, if you have like personal endeavors, like if you wanted to learn, I don't know how to code or how to edit videos or how to, um, you know, draw or do, do whatever, like you can do that. Now you have the time to do that. And I think that that's something that people should really be, you know, taking for granted. Um, people should really be trying to, trying to use you know try and use this time wisely yeah i i, re I really really like the, the the fact that like i get to spend more time with family and yeah like me too. it's 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 such a precious thing which like you often forget because like you go about everywhere and like life mm -hmm. goes on and like you're busy you have appointments you have places to get to and now all right we're all forced to stay at home and just like be hey these are probably are some you? of the most precious people <laughs> in my life that like, yeah. like I like you're not going to die and, and wish that you had five more minutes in the office, but you'll probably die and wish you'd five more minutes with family, which right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this time will, will like remind people a little bit more of that. I don't know. It's going to change. I think so. I think so. At least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, it's going to be a whole new world after this. Oh yeah. See how like, is it th th this is the first time for me. I don't know for you, but for me, is this is the very first time that like I'm act like consciously aware of where I'm like this is something like of historic proportions. I like this is going to be something that like people are going to talk about from years on end. For years, yeah. We're going to be telling our children if you want to have children. We're going to be telling our children like there was a time where <laughs> we had this thing happening and we weren't able to go outside and we weren't able to you know go to the mall we weren't able to enjoy these things that we would normally be able to enjoy but we were able to stay at home and spend time with our families and you know do this that and the other and i, I really wonder how people are going to talk about it in the future whether it's going to be painted in a in a really good light or in a really negative light you know it it it, it depends on the results i think because yeah like I really wonder about the economic results, like how yeah. the economy is gonna like do what it is. Like, so many people that have like lost their jobs, but also like entire industries, like the airline industries, like the offend industries, restaurants. Like, even if in the for like in the foreseeable future, like we're gonna see an end to this like big peak of the situation and people can go outside again, like how the hell are we going to recover? Like, I don't know. I don't think that like everyone is just going to like jump back and be like, Oh, let's go have parties again. And let's go and like hug <laughs> each other again. And like, I don't think so. Yeah. It's going to be a different world. Uh, I, that's, that's, 
I mean, that's just the way that I see it. But I think that um, in a lot of cases, in situations like this, where there are recessions or where there are, um, you know, economic collapses, that's usually where a lot of industry pops up. Um, for example, in the last recession, that's where we got a lot of really awesome businesses like Uber Eats or well, Uber in general, um, and, you know, just a bunch of other like online services. So um, I think that I think that it could possibly end up being good as long as um, I don't know, as, I guess well, we'll see what what type of industry pops up out of this. But I think that it could potentially lead to some really awesome innovations yeah we'll see. i mean i mean like I, I wouldn't necessarily say that like something good comes out of this situation because like mm -hmm. the amount of people that are dying like that will never be worth the cost of whatever comes out right, but right i think that like life will go on and like it will probably go back to there being something good and who knows what comes out of it um, absolutely speaking yeah. of businesses um you starting your clothing brand like a year or so mm. ago, year or two ago, yeah, about about a year ago. Uh, I think I started it in May of last year. Um, so yeah, almost a year, and um, it's been it's been something very interesting for me. Uh, it's been a learning experience for me. The entire reason why I started it was because I wanted to learn about owning a like my own like actual business. Um, I consider my YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that to be a business because it really is if you take it seriously. But um, I wanted to kind of experience what it's like to have a traditional business, I guess. Um, so with that, I actually, you know, got an LLC and I, um, you know, spent money into it and I, you know, got I, I got everything that I, I would normally need for a typical business. And I wanted to experience that and see how how that went. And um, it, it was definitely a learning experience for me. And I, I'm still doing it, obviously. But with the global situation right now, it's, it's pretty difficult. Nobody's really buying clothes. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely really cool um, to see how people react to, react to the brand and um, you know, what, what, what we're doing. So yeah. So like, as, as far as I remember, like you already had like some pretty good looking merch. Um, Thank you. Like YouTuber yeah. merch, which, which mostly like... Mm -hmm. You did like the the standard YouTuber thing, which is like print on the map, right? With mm -hmm. one of the bigger companies. Yeah. So how did you like like what is the difference from like when you when you did that and then like started moving on to like doing your own brand? Like, what kind of steps did you need to take, which were a different approach to like what most what you mostly did as like a YouTuber that has merch? So there's a lot more money involved, I would say. Um you have to spend more time focusing on uh you know like looking at products like you have to try and talk to the to the manufacturer and um you know tell them exactly what you want where you want it um you have to get samples from them and tell them no i don't like this fabric or no i don't like this um i don't like where this thing is placed um i don't like the type of ink that you used here i want a different color i want you know this that and the other so there's a lot more intricate details that goes into this because at the end of the day, if the clothing doesn't doesn't match like how how you feel or like what what you actually want to represent with the brand, then it's it's not it's not worth it. Right. So there's just a lot more money and time involved when making a full clothing brand rather than um, 
you know, just selling merchandise on YouTube. Also, just like making different designs um, that aren't matched to a pre-existing brand is a lot more difficult, I would say. Trying to like come up with that identity for something completely new rather than um, having your your YouTube personality or you, or your Twitch personality, whatever. Um, like it, it with that, if you already have a pre-existing brand, right? You already have pre-existing idea. So coming up with something completely new and something that you're not really sure if it's gonna, you know, attract people is really difficult. Um, and that's one thing that I've learned throughout this experience, like a lot of stuff about marketing, a lot of stuff about, you know, what attracts people, um, a lot of stuff about like what draws people's eye. And, um, that's something that I am eternally grateful for. Like that's, that's an experience that, um, I'm very happy that I was able to, I was able to get. So, so how did you start out with that? Like, like did you have an idea of like what? You wanted to, you wanted your brand to represent, or and like, did you have an idea where to start with, like finding manufacturers, like have like what kind of designs you wanted to make, like where do yeah. you start? Yeah. So, um, the way that it started was, I like one day I was just like, you know what, I, I kind of want to make a business, like I want to make a, a like a traditional business, right? Like I said before, and um, I, I eventually landed on, you know, maybe I should try clothing and see how that goes. Um, I dabbled a little bit with, uh, selling products like, you know, actual physical, um, like products. Like I sold, um, what was it? I, I think I sold like tea kettles or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, I made some money with that, but that, that's not really what I wanted to do. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, let me do clothing because I used to be an artist and I, uh, you know, I have like a little, little bit of an eye for design. Right. I, I, uh, like to say that I do. So um, I decided to go with clothing and I was talking to my girlfriend and um, she randomly said the name like, like bad quality. I forgot what it was. Uh, I think we were just having a conversation about different business ideas and she was like bad quality. I was like, huh, interesting. And then I started thinking about it more and I was like, you know what, that's actually a pretty interesting name. It, it It's it catches people's eye and it's a little bit like uh, it's a little bit of a play on words. So let me, let me try going with it. Right. And, um, and then I, I kind of just did it. I, I kind of looked up some manufacturers. Um, I saw which one was kind of the best fit for me. Um, I tried some manufacturers in China and uh, that, that was cool, but it didn't really pan out as well as I wanted to. Um, the problem with that is, it takes so long for them to ship stuff. And um, I, I didn't really want that really long turnaround time. So I started looking more uh, at clothing brands that were in the United States. So um, I eventually landed on one. And yeah, I mean, from there, it was just doing a bunch of design tests um, and getting a bunch of product, uh, product samples, figuring out which one is right for the brand and um and then uh yeah eventually i i contacted some designers i had some design contests on my on the instagram for it um which were pretty successful and uh that's kind of where the brand started and then and, how do you um, do it with marketing and yeah. like selling like do you only have an online store or do you also like sell it on yeah. different physical locations 
so I don't sell in physical locations right now. I actually am uh, planning on doing some, uh, like selling some of my product at Zoomies because the brand is more focused on streetwear and um, it's kind of skaterwear, but not really. Uh, so uh, Zoomies, if you don't know, it's kind of like a skater uh, like store, like a skater uh, apparel and um, like skateboard shop. And they sell a lot of different stuff from Odd Future to um, Primitive to like it, they sell a bunch of different brands, right? Um, a lot of brands that are really well known in the skating scene. And I, I skateboard. That's kind of where that came from. So um, that's kind of where I wanted to wanted to take this. Uh, but I obviously needed to get some more notoriety first. So um, yeah, in terms of marketing, I sell mostly online. Um, I market through Instagram, Facebook, and uh, I, I do Google ads a little bit, but not really too heavy. And then um, I also sell uh, in person sometimes. Like I, I put up like little little kiosks. Uh, I had one at my school actually, and that did fairly well. I <laughs> sold out of everything, so that was cool to see. But uh, yeah, that that's kind of where that's kind of where it is right now. Nice. Well, I'm working. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say buy those buy those pre-roll uh, YouTube ads like become the next raid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I probably should. I've been looking into that, but I need to figure out how I want to represent the brand on video because it's mostly been through images at this point. Yeah, no, I can see that. Honestly, it's really cool. Like uh, it will be something like if I had if I were to think about like starting up especially like a clothing company where you have to like figure out many, like the manufacturing process and like getting samples. And like, I, I think you also like you order your stock and then you sell that um, after you got it in or do you work right. with pre-orders? I don't think so. Do you? No, I, I have. Um, there is a warehousing company that I use and uh, they, they kind of ship it out from there. So, and they have uh, different warehouses throughout the country. They have, um, well, not just throughout the country. They have different warehouses throughout the world. They have one in the UK. They have one in uh, North Carolina. They have one in. They have one in California. Um, I, there's one more in Europe. I forgot where the other one is, but yeah, that's so. That's kind of how I do it, and then I separate it throughout those, throughout those warehouses. So, like you're. you're... Aside from putting the investment into like fine, like making the designs, like setting up like all the legal work to like make your company official, like you're mm-hmm. also gonna have to like invest in like getting your stock before you sell it, and then you're like mm-hmm. you gotta sell it like right after that, like like and where do you, like it w- it's such a big thing to like invest in and start out with. So like I think it's a really cool thing that you that you that you did it and like that you're yeah. working on it and like before the podcast started, you 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 told uh, you said that you were. Working with like a couple of like you were working with your designer like maybe some new designs coming out soon after mm-hmm. like, this Corona thing. Yeah, That's she cool. has a deadline for June, so yeah, we'll we'll have some designs probably in July. They should be finalized in July, hopefully. So yeah. So what's your website, by the way? For uh, badquality.co. So sweet, mm-hmm. sweet, sweet. I'll make sure it's uh, gonna be in the description. Check it out. If you want some cool apparel, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cool stuff you do, um, remember the Escaper channel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing is basically dead at this point. 
<laughs> well wasn't that like one of the things that you were like oh this is the thing i'm gonna start doing right after like i quit work yeah um the reason why i actually didn't is because uh or that, like that didn't pan out is because um i kind of slowed down a lot in terms of making music like i still make music here and there um but i don't make it nearly as much as i used to um and uh, honestly i kind of miss it but at the same time, it's it's just something that like getting into the music industry was um, very difficult. And anybody who's ever tried, it's I mean, you know, it's very difficult to build up an audience and, to you know, dip your foot into the music industry, especially in an underground scene. Um, so that's that's kind of why that channel kind of dwindled, um, mostly because I just didn't really post too often. Honestly, like the stuff you put out there, um, like uh, I think you made like two or three songs you on uh, on there, and then you also made like a couple tutorials on like how to work within the within the software in the software you use. Like, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh man! It's 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 so funny to see um, like the different paths like you've taken. Like right, like after like we had this time in 2017 2018 where we're like all making like warframe content with like a bunch of like friends where we we're like we had cole yeah. and rob and we we're just like every day on that warframe grind and then like just <laughs> to see where everyone pans out it's so cool i like it yeah it is really crazy but i mean that's that's kind of how life is you know you mm -hmm. um you go on these different paths sometimes sometimes you continue down them sometimes yeah. You know, there's a fork in the road and you take that fork, you know, so um, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And I think that where we where we are today is. Uh, I think we're in a good space, I, I'd yeah. say. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, if, if 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 we can enlarge that space a little bit and move around again, that, that'd be that'd be, <laughs> that'd be, <wild. laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. That definitely so, would yeah. be. Anyway, dude, thank you so much for. Um, joining in on the podcast this seven episode the second episode i would say of course of course it was really fun i uh i really appreciate you for inviting me mm -hmm. i appreciate you. having you on man um that's it guys i'll see you all around have a great rest of the day stay at home stay safe and we'll see you around stay safe guys